0: My name is Sean Jordan. Welcome to the Adaptive Outdoorsman Podcast. Here we'll be discussing the his history and legacy behind disabled hunters, trappers, anglers, and how they adapt and persevere in the woods, on the line, and on the water. Welcome to the Adaptive Outdoorsman Podcast. I'm joined by a very special guest, and his uh, Instagram moniker is the Accessible Hunter and. I'll let you take it away and introduce yourself.
1: Hi, well, thanks for having me on your podcast, Sean. I really appreciate it. Um, my name is Greg Trainer, and uh, I do have the Accessible Hunter uh, Facebook page and Instagram. I'm a person with a disability. I'm a quadriplegic. I'm paralyzed from my chest down due to a diving accident in 1999, so going on 23 years uh, is a as is a wheelchair user, and I love the outdoors, and I still try to get out and get after it as much as I can.
0: That's nice. Uh, what got you into hunting?
1: I started hunting. Uh, I'm from Pennsylvania, and I guess like most most people, started hunting about the age of 12 with my dad and, and my brothers. And, um, you know, small game is how I started off. And here uh, in Pennsylvania, I used a shotgun for my first first rifle or first Uh, rifle season, I guess, Um, and I I hunted with my dad and brothers for a long time, and then I started bow hunting whenever I was 16 with a family friend and kind of got the bow hunting bug, and that's whenever I really started getting pretty serious about hunting.
0: Nice. Uh, I didn't get started hunting until actually my son was born. I was uh, trying to bond with my father-in-law over the course of time and i jumped right into the deep end with deer
1: (laughs) (laughs) that's that's the way to start and you know anytime you can get outdoors especially with family and
0: so you said you've been hunting since you were a kid you ever do any deer drives in pennsylvania
1: we did um i'm not a i'm not a huge proponent of of the drives uh i i kind of like to take a more relaxed shot but growing growing up here deer deer drives were always a big part of part of things and usually you know the second or third day would would put on some drives and a lot of people find it successful um i was just never a real big fan of the the drives but uh, i could see where where a lot of people like them
0: yeah i like uh ground hunting myself because mm-hmm. it's always fun trying to get up you know, i have bad feet so it's always trying fun trying to uh climb up into a stand
1: it, it it's definitely a different experience on the ground as you know um you know, for years I hunted in a tree stand whenever I was able-bodied, and then it was a little bit of a learning curve once I once I became a quadriplegic to go back hunting on the ground. But uh, man, I, I don't think I'd I don't think I'd go back to a tree after some of the experiences I've had on the ground.
0: Yeah, uh, what uh, when after your accident, what of the equipment did you start using?
1: Um, actually, I, I started using some adaptive equipment even while I was in rehab. Um, I was very fortunate that I went to Atlanta, Georgia, to Shepherd Center, which is a specialty spinal cord injury hospital. And um, believe it or not, I was still on a ventilator, and they, they took me down to the gymnasium and let me use a, a crank trigger on a air rifle, and they had a mount set up and, and everything. So they had me shooting uh, from my wheelchair while I was still on a vent using adaptive equipment. Um it was one of the, the turning points with my rehabilitation that I knew that if I could still get back outdoors, it it kind of really motivated me that I I could still pretty much do anything I wanted to do.
0: Yeah. Uh that's that is awesome. What type of tools do you need use today?
1: Well, my my favorite's probably my my crossbow. Um here in Pennsylvania, I, I just love hunting in October the The weather's so so gorgeous. The leaves are all changing on on the trees. So, my favorite way to hunt is by crossbow, and I've been using ten point for the last uh, probably seven or eight years. And um, I still do a little bit of rifle hunting. I I still use my shotgun for spring turkey, but I'm real passionate about crossbows, and I'd, I'd say that's my favorite is is bow hunting.
0: That crossbow looks beautiful, by the way.
1: <laughs> it's an awesome setup, uh, 10 Point And there's, you know, tons of crossbow manufacturers out there that really, they, they've changed the game so much, oh, made it yeah. so fast and so accurate. Yeah. But, uh, I, I like 10 Point. I'm, I'm pretty close to their, to their uh, factory in Ohio. And I've been out there once or twice, and they've treated me really good. And uh, anytime I've had any questions or concerns, the customer service i've gotten from them's just been outstanding so uh, I'm, I'm real happy with a is a crossbow shooter
0: yeah i use a uh, carbon express at x-force advantage nice yeah i bought it off a guy for a hundred bucks and he bought it off of i think somebody else, uh a place that was for sale for 200 and it was originally 400
1: so i you, you know a lot a lot of people uh i don't I don't think I understand the savings you can get buying used equipment. I mean, a lot of people, if you can pick one up at your local shop or, uh, you know, go online and get one, you can, you can save some real money. And when we're first starting out with everything, it's a big commitment to go out and purchase new equipment, you know? Oh yeah. And
0: that was, he said he never touched, never fired it. So I've been the only one actually shooting it and, I took my largest buck to date this year with it at a thirty-yard shot, and it was beautiful.
1: That's awesome. That's awesome, and being being up close with deer and and uh, turkeys. I mean, that's that's the beauty of bow hunting. I think that's why it it hooked me so hard at a young age was trying to get close to the animal.
0: Well, I haven't. I went turkey hunting one time this past year, and ended up. It had a slight fracture in it because of the way my feet are, and I was walking out of the woods, and then I broke my metatarsal on my left foot. Yeah, it was real fun. I was walking over a log. I turned slightly to the side, just my body, to the left a little bit, and I felt a nice shearing, popping feeling. Cool. Then, luckily, I have a unique way of walking when my feet are in pain, so I was hobbling out of the woods 100-plus yards.
1: T- sounds like quite quite the struggle just to get back to the car or the truck with something like that happening.
0: Oh, yeah. I made sure my firearm was completely empty of rounds because I had to use it as a
1: crutch. Oh, wow. Well, that's, that's, that's adapting and uh, thinking on your feet.
0: Oh,
1: yeah. <laughs> Didn't help. I decided to walk
0: 10-plus yards from my car to the checkout to make sure I was checked out.
1: <laughs> wow.
0: Yeah, so that ruined my first year of spring turkey. So this year, I'm really hoping I can get back out there and get my first gobbler.
1: I, I hope you do. I'm, I'm not sure which is my favorite, whether it's spring turkey or, or uh, whitetails. I think they're about 50-50. I, I really like to, to hunt turkeys just as much as deer. You ever tried morning dove uh, I'm, I'm not a not a big wing shooter um, gr- growing up that was a time where we didn't have a lot of pheasants uh, here in Pennsylvania and they didn't they didn't stalk the birds that they do now so I wasn't a real big wing shooter um, but I have gone a couple times and it is fun though yeah I uh, bagged my first
0: and only morning dove this past uh, hunting season. Yeah, and uh, I think I went through a box and a half.
1: <laughs> that's when you know you're doing it right, though, right?
0: Boxes box yeah, right. for lunch. Yeah, <laughs> made two good jalapeno poppers.
1: Ah, that's that's a good way to eat them.
0: Yes. What <laughs> other um, what other equipment do you use in the field?
1: I've I've got a uh, specialty wheelchair. It's a it's a track style wheelchair. It's a 30 inch track fab and they're manufactured in slippery rock. and um, a lot of the, the uh, guys I talk with you know throughout the country they're, they're buying different track chairs. I started off with an action track chair and it was really good. It was just a little bit too too wide for me. I had to trailer it everywhere. so I, I switched to a 30 inch track fab and um, I'm able to get it in so I have a mobility. That's one of the big pieces of equipment I use. And then um, we designed and and made a a gun mount that holds my crossbow and rifle and everything. And uh, that's just made out of one-inch steel tubing. And I use a sip-and-puff trigger that's manufactured from B-Adaptive Trigger. And it's a uh, 12-volt battery-operated trigger that I suck on like a straw. And it has an actuator that pulls the trigger, which is kind of cool. Um, being paralyzed from the chest down, I can't feel my arms. And whenever I was using the crank trigger, um, the BMF trigger ac- activator, I couldn't feel my hand. So I was having to look through the scope and then look at my hand to see when the bow or the rifle would go off. So using the sip and puff trigger, I'm, I'm just, I find I'm a little bit more more accurate and having the, uh, the mount. Makes everything real stable, and I'm a lot more accurate these days.
0: Yeah, I like the screen setup on it. You definitely know you're not going to be missing a shot because c- you know what exactly is going to activate the trigger setup.
1: Right. It's 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 a it's a quick uh, just a sip and puff, um, and then you mentioned about a screen setup. I switched to Omega um, Two Sight this year. That is a rangefinder and video. Uh, sight all in one and I, I put it on my crossbow and man it, it is really nice um, because I have that constant range finding feature on it and uh, it it really changed up the game for me this year.
0: I'm jealous of that range finder. I don't even have one.
1: It's it's nice and they're coming out with a, a, a model three uh, later this month that you can sight in each individual pin um, which, which is you know really really critical uh but i'm, I'm happy with it too i'm going to keep it for another couple months and then uh, save up and, and maybe get the three
0: nice what's up uh, about wild game have you taken other than whitetail and
1: um well let's see i've, I've taken whitetail i've taken uh turkey i've taken mule deer um lots of small game rabbits squirrels uh groundhog um I'd like to i'd like to go on an elk hunt but i, I haven't haven't realized that yet and one of my bucket list is uh, uh, follow deer and also uh, uh, the European uh, roebuck i'd like to like to go over to germany and and hunt uh, with wild Jaeger and and Ricky mills and those guys uh, I've been friends with Ricky for last 10 or 12 years and uh, they do a lot of hunts in europe and I don't know if you're familiar with the roebuck or not, but they're like a smaller version of the whitetail, but you call them in kind of like uh, turkey hunting and they they hop like mule deer. So it, it's really something to see. I'd, I'd, I'd like to get one with my bow or rifle. Um, so that's a big bucket list item for me when COVID settles down and we're able to travel a little bit more. Um, I also got a buddy in uh, Maryland and I'd like to hunt the seek a deer uh, oh, that are yeah. you know the little elk that roar and stuff I'd, I'd really like to do that I've had the opportunity to bow hunt in Maryland a bunch of times with my friend Matt and i I'm looking forward to doing that next year too
0: yeah I can see where roe deer is on your hit list because those are some interesting spikes
1: it it is they they're, they're awesome awesome little deer and um, I, I just I'd like the whole experience of of hunting in Europe you know they have a, a long-standing tradition and they go through a lot of like ceremonies and things like that and I, I think I'd really enjoy it and I haven't been, been back to Germany since the 80s so I'd really like to go back over and and uh, visit Europe again
0: yeah my uncle just visited Europe recently for uh, German bars he's a guy who brews his own beer <laughs>
1: Uh, that, that would be the best pub crawl ever, right?
0: Oh, it was perfect for him. <laughs> so, yeah, I was wanting to do an elk hunt. I want to do brown bear, black bear. I've,
1: I've, I've hunted bear in Canada before my injury, but I, I didn't, didn't get to tag any. Um, but boy, that was an experience in itself, just hunting up in Ontario and spring bear over bait. I, I, got a real kick out of that. I'd, I'd like to do that again. Um, I always joke with buddies that I'd, I'd be happy hunting anything. You know, I'd, I'd sit in a parking lot all day if, if that's what we were uh, doing the the hunt, you know, um,
0: yeah.
1: I just, I like being outside and like going with, with friends and family. And I just, I, I really enjoy nature, uh, no matter what we're hunting. So, uh, whether it's squirrels or, or grizzly bears, I'd, I'd be in on a hunt with you.
0: I haven't yet to hunt squirrels properly.
1: Not backing a single squirrel yet. I, that's a lot of fun and uh always always something good to do with young young kids and get people involved and uh you know you don't have to be so quiet and you don't take it very seriously and it it can <laughs> yeah. be a, a really a good hunt.
0: Yeah, and, it kinda reminds me of a uh, waterfowl.
1: Yeah, I, I I've hunted a few few uh snow geese and and uh Canada geese, but I'm, I'm not a real real fast shooter. Um, I've gotten a couple of pheasants with my shotgun after my injury and things, but I'm just not not a real big uh, shotgunner for waterfowl. And I, I, I don't think I have the, the movement to, to get on them. When I'm deer hunting and I, I try to set up like an ambush point where I can move my uh, mount probably 10 or 12 inches left or right, which translates to about a twenty or thirty foot uh, radius of where I think that deer is going to walk, and then I, I can tip my my mount or um, on my on my power wheelchairs I have tilt recline, and by pulling back on my joystick I can elevate the the front of my crossbow so I can kind of you know set up where I think a deer is going to be, and then I hope that it walks into my kill zone or or where I have my scope pointed. And with waterfowl, I just I don't have that much of a, a range, you know.
0: Well, you've still gotten more waterfowl than I have. <laughs>
1: I, I've I've gotten a couple, so uh, like you, I've probably shot shot a box and a half of, of shells easily for every every one I got. So uh,
0: well, that's that's still more birds than me. <laughs> I have I went out with my uh, cousin this well, not this year, but the year before, and we were set up in this one location opening day. Waterfowl, cold, clear skies, not a single bird.
1: That makes for a long day, doesn't it?
0: Oh, yeah. Especially when we had to walk back through the stream and then we got it back in the boat and we got back to shore and I'm hopping out. My foot gets stuck and I land sideways in the water with my waders.
1: Oh, geez. That, that, that had to be cold, wet, and miserable.
0: <laughs> Luckily, I was close to the car.
1: I'm I'm sure with your good attitude, you were laughing about it and uh, joking, and and that that makes the the hunt memorable, you know?
0: Yeah, that was memorable. It also was memorable because we were, as we were shoving off for the morning in the dark, we saw a big old truck going near our vehicles and looked like he was angry because he burnt out and was leaving tread and everything, and we didn't realize it at the time, but the rocks he flung had hit my back windshield. And yeah. yep, when I decided to shut all doors, the compression broke the whole window. Jeez, hey,
1: that, that hunt went from uh, falling down, being cold to expensive and, and uh, uh, costly all, all in the same trip, huh?
0: Yeah, I would rather have just been cold and miserable driving home, <laughs> saying to my wife, sweetheart, I didn't get any deer. Instead of, sweetheart, we're missing a back window.
1: Jeez, I. That's, uh, that's terrible. I'm sorry Sorry that happened to you.
0: Hey, it's a learning experience. Now I go with my cousin, so it's his vehicle.
1: <laughs> make, make him drive, up.
0: Yep. <laughs> so you said you live close to Ohio?
1: I do. I, I'm, I'm about 20 miles south of Pittsburgh. I live in uh, Washington County, which is the southwestern corner of Pennsylvania. And um, I'm only probably about uh, 20 minutes from from Ohio, uh, if, if I go across 70 that way. Um, so I, I get over to, to Wheeling, uh, West Virginia, and uh, kind of the three-state area right there, Pennsylvania, West Virginia. In Ohio, I'm, I'm down in the corner.
0: Nice. I am actually in Indiana, uh, northeast Indiana, so I'm close to Ohio, too. Just,
1: just the other side of it
0: yeah about forty five minutes from the state line. I'm up near uh, Fort Wayne, Indiana.
1: Uh, we, we've driven out through there a few times on a on a couple of hunts out west and Indiana's a beautiful state and uh, you guys got some some big deer out that way too.
0: Yeah, my father-in-law bagged the largest in Huntington County uh, one seventy eight and three eight that that that's a monster That's after dried. Wow,
1: that's was good, one, good for him. That's a uh, that's a once-in-a-lifetime buck, and wow, that's, that, that's just amazing.
0: Yeah, other than his last doe that he bagged, because he has Parkinson's, bad back, diabetes, and that forced him out of hunting, he bagged one more deer before he couldn't hunt anymore. So that lifetime achievement of his uh, went up on his wall. He's
1: absolutely has to.
0: He's in Boone and Crockett, and currently, because uh, the previous taxidermist did a bad job on his deer, a little bit looked like little shortcuts were taken. We took it to the current taxidermist that I went I went through for my buck, which I have yet to score, and he's a nice one. Uh, She's wanting to fix him up a little bit, and I said I'd cover the cost for it as a gift for Christmas
1: that is super nice of you and something he'll, I'm sure treasure and, uh, you know, look, look on his wall with pride and and remember that hunt. That's, that's the big thing about taxidermy. You know, I've got a couple mounts, uh, here in the house and every time I look at it, I I remember who I was with and how much, how much it meant to me. And I I don't think the non-hunter realizes how important taxidermy or a skull mount, a European mount can be. And, uh, just, you know, to remember the animal and to, to give thanks of of uh, everything you went through to get it, you know?
0: Oh, yes. I always say that it is immortalizing what they were to me. Yeah. I took, I had trail cam pictures of the deer I took. And I have this one I want to get in an oil painting next to it. It showcases has full magnus magnificence. <laughs> so... Do you, how much, uh, do you hunt majorly private or public land?
1: I hunt a little bit of both. Um, I'm fortunate that here in PA we've got a lot of state game lands and I've got a couple of state game lands that uh, have pretty good access for wheelchair users. They've got uh, gates open that I, I have a permit to hunt out of my vehicle. So um, I've got a full-size Dodge ProMaster van and it you know, I, I can slide the side door open and use a uh, Mr. Buddy heater to kind of stay warm on some rifle hunts. And if I want to hunt public land, I can do that. And then I have a couple of, of close friends that own farms, and they invite me out to do some deer management with them. And uh, it, it's a pretty close-knit community around around me that, um, unfortunately, i got friends and family that I can hunt on their property or or hunt the state game lands, too. Um you know, during the week is, is always good for state game lands. And uh, I try to get out in the in the early afternoon and, and hunt the evenings. And um, I do a little bit both. I'd say probably 50-50. Yeah.
0: I uh, have private land that's my family's. It's more or less, you've heard Mark Kenyon talk about how he hunted the suburbs of Washington, D.C. Yeah,
1: yeah.
0: Yes, yeah, so it's kind of similar to that in my hometown. It's bow only, and the funny story on how that got figured out was my uh, it's my mom and stepdad's place, and they allowed the neighbor kid to hunt on it, and he brought a muzzleloader on it, shot a doe, DNR and police got called, and they said, bow only, no firearms. Right. And I could actually cut my teeth on public land Huntington County, the place where I'm at, has two reservoirs located near it. We're on the Wabash Canal uh, in this area.
1: And so we have Roush Lake and Reservoir and Salamony. And
0: so that is a lot of public land to play with.
1: It's so nice that that you have that close to you and that you utilize it. You know, a lot of of people were leery or... Don't, don't really want to hunt, uh, you know, with a lot of a lot of public access. But uh, I, I think I think it's a, a great resource if you take advantage of it, and you go in a little bit further than maybe the next guy, and uh, you know, get away from the crowds a little bit sometimes.
0: Yeah, I got my first buck on Salmo.ney Actually, shot my first buck my the first day I went out hunting with my uh, father in law on that cold. November morning with steel toes. I actually shot one, but I didn't realize what I was doing. You know, amateurish, and I followed it too much.
1: Lost him. So sometimes that happens, you know, and it's a it's a big learning curve with uh, trail and deer, and it it's not the easiest thing in the world to do sometimes, and uh, it, it happens to all of us. The the guy that tells you you never lost a deer or hit one and didn't find it. Uh, probably hasn't been hunting too long so you got yours out of the way quick that's all
0: yeah I bet you you've lost a few too
1: <laughs> i I have um i've I've been bow hunting long enough where i've I've hit deer sometimes low and you know that that's part of bow hunting it it, it really makes you think and it makes you appreciate the good shots and make you take it makes you take your time. Uh, a little bit more on the next one but i have lost a a one one or two deer and it it makes you a little bit more respectful of of maybe letting a a couple pass it you know it's a marginal shot and i always say that when when you're at the range it's one thing to to shoot 50 yards but it's another thing in in the field you better be a lot more confident with your field field shot on an animal as opposed to what you're doing at the range you know
0: yeah, I actually just took my muzzleloader out to the range, and I hadn't used it in a while, and it needs a little cleaning.
1: I I did some flintlock hunting here whenever I was probably 18. I, I used a flintlock uh, three years, and, and I liked it, but I was wearing contacts, and every time the pan would go off, I think I'd flinch, and I wasn't as accurate as... Maybe I, I should have been with it, um, but I, I did get a, a doe with it. Um, but muzzle loading was was just not for me.
0: Yeah. You ever seen the uh, new type of muzzle loader they have?
1: The, the inlines? Uh,
0: this one is a little bit different. It actually has a shelf in the barrel.
1: Huh.
0: Yes. And they actually have a shell basically in the back so how it goes is there's a shelf in the barrel and you push down the uh round and it hits on the, the uh, shelf then you insert your powder which is encased in a capsule similar to a shotgun shell you put that in the back then you put your primer in there you lock it up and it is literally ready to fire after that
1: Huh. i've never never seen as I have to do a little bit of research and check those out
0: yeah i it for some reason eluding me the name of it but i'm really interested in one of those
1: I, I i don't know if i can extend my seasons anymore with with a muzzleloader hunt as much as much as i bow hunt um i i think if i do one more season i'll i'll be out out, out all year
0: yeah my seasons go f- with us we start in october and that's literally both from October 1st to, well, January 2nd was our last day of officially hunting with the general season. And in that, we also have rifle firearm season, which is two weeks in November, and then two weeks in December is muscle loader.
1: That's about how it it is here too. Um, I didn't even go back out with with my rifle I, I got a small four point with with my crossbow this year and I still have two doe tags and I, I could have went back out for extended season but uh the weather was kind of rainy and and colder and I just kind of took it easy a little bit this year I didn't didn't go back out as much as I had in previous years
0: yeah I didn't get to go out much I went out a lot this year but I didn't get to go out and I didn't get that big doe that's Literally traipsing around my uh, private land that I hunt. <laughs> that that doe sniffed me out
1: five times this year. I'll, I'll tell you, a mature doe is uh, every bit is aware and cagey. I think is some of the bucks. I, I know a lot of guys will argue that point with me, but I've been busted by mama doe uh, several times, and I, I think they're they're pretty tough to to beat their nose and their eyesight sometimes.
0: Oh, they're better than Bucks because the Bucks, during the run, at least they uh, they go a little crazy and lose what they're thinking about. But uh, Mama Darryl, Big Mama Doe, and I literally call her Big Mama. She does not lose focus no matter what's going on.
1: That's right, she's always on point.
0: Oh yeah, but she's got the most meat and most experience, so <laughs> they learn from her.
1: Oh, absolutely. She's she's their guide in the woods.
0: How many turkey do you ha- have? You taken this so
1: far? Ah, uh, I want to say I've gotten probably eight or nine uh, gobblers, and probably three hens. Nice. But, yeah, I, I enjoy spring spring turkey. Uh, the guy that I grew up with uh, that got me into bow hunting, uh, Mark Powell, he was a big turkey hunter, and that um, I I kind of learned how to call and. We went, you know, all the time growing up together. So uh, I, I learned a lot from Mark as far as woodsmanship and uh, hunting turkeys was was a lot of fun. Uh, the the joy of calling them in and uh, getting that gobbler to to respond and coming into the decoys that that still tickles me uh, today. You know.
0: Yeah, I have one hen decoy. I think I'm going to get a regular turkey decoy this year.
1: They they help. I mean, I I put out uh, two two hens and sometimes I'll put out a Jake, um, but I I think the decoys definitely make a difference. If they can focus on that and and, and draw their attention to it, uh, I think they make a big difference sometimes.
0: Do You use a pot call or?
1: Well, um, since I can't use my hands, um, I I could use uh, my my fingers. You know, don't don't work. I can. I have gross arm movement, but I usually use a diaphragm call or I've got special permission from the game commission that I can use an electronic call. So I have a Fox Pro call um, and I use that sometimes, but most of the time I just use a diaphragm call.
0: Yeah, I've been, I played around with a diaphragm call this past year and luckily I was raising a turkey on my uh, land that I have. I have a house and... We were raising a turkey before it passed away. We still don't know what the heck it died from, but I was always mimicking the turkey. So I was trying to play with this year, my only day out, with the diaphragm call and the turkey and just regular turkey calling.
1: I'll, I'll tell you, I don't know how many times I've been in the woods and thought, man, that guy sounds terrible he or she can't call for for anything and then a hen walks out you know and it was an yeah. actual live bird so i i don't know if if, a, if anyone is a bad caller or a good caller sometimes i don't think it matters as long as you're you know mimicking the the cadence and and uh, trying to get the the right uh, excitement um I, I i've seen turkey come to some really bad live hen calls boy
0: Oh, I was uh, listening to a podcast during turkey season, and they had turkey, they were comparing turkey calls to actual turkey calls. And the turkey calls sounded worse from the actual birds.
1: Yep. Yep. <laughs> and that was funny to me. I, I always laugh sometimes in the mornings when you close the, the truck or the van door. You'll, you'll get a shock gobble from them.
0: Uh, <laughs> I did not get any of those when I went out. I,
1: I've, I've had that happen just a couple of times and it always makes me laugh, you know?
0: Yeah. I just find it's amazing that you can do a sh- uh, turkey call and they know exactly where you're at.
1: Wow, they, they can pinpoint you.
0: Yeah. Wish I had that
1: sound. Wow. And, and, and patience is a big thing with turkey hunting. I don't know how many times I've, got up to leave and, you know, jumped the bird that was 70 yards out that I didn't see. He was on his way in, but I got impatient and didn't think anything was coming to the call and trying to go to the next thing. So I think as I've gotten older, I've gotten a lot more patient. And of course, you know, hunting from a ground blind in a, you know, wheelchair, once you get set up, you don't really want to move too much, you know, to the next spot. So my patience is, is definitely gotten better.
0: Yeah, I was just trying to use the canopy and the ground foliage as cover. And I was totally exposed and I had everything set up. So if it came in front of me. I was sitting down just waiting for it. I had my perfect shot style ready. And I heard a little bit of a flutter and it was gone. And yeah. it was about 30 yards behind
1: me. It hmm. P- picked up something that it didn't like or... It, it seen something or heard something and it was out of there.
0: Yeah. So this next year I'm gonna be taking some blind material that way both sides of me are completely protected. I'm gonna have my back up against a tree.
1: That, that was one up. one of the big things learning learning turkey hunting that Mark always made sure that we were sitting with our back against, you know, big oak trees because here in PA, there are a lot of turkey hunters, and uh, you always want to have something protecting your your back there when when you're calling with decoys out in front of you, and you know, not in a ground blind, just just on the ground. So that was one of the oh, things yeah. I learned early on was sit with your your back up against the biggest tree you can.
0: Yeah, and you use a ground blind with markers on it.
1: Too. I, no. I do. Um, I, I put an orange an orange flag on the top of my. <laughs> My uh, ground blind. Um, that's not always necessary by the rule book, but makes me feel a little little safer.
0: Oh yeah, because I was hearing about accidents during turkey season and other seasons. So having that, especially since you can't have your back up against an oak tree anymore.
1: Right, right, and uh, just just you know, abundance of caution, and uh, I, I try to be as safe as I can.
0: Yeah. Now sorry what type of uh, bolts do you use for your crossbow? Um,
1: I, I, I go with the 10 point Evo X and um, I've, I've had pretty good pretty good success with them. They're the carbon fiber bolts and um, hunting on the ground, I, I found out pretty quick that I need it light at knocks. So I, I go with our Evo X light at knock and um i i had pretty good success i like like how they they fly and everything for sure um i've I've had had good luck with them and as far as them grouping with with this 10 point crossbow shooting at the range i always have to and and i'm not bragging this is this is how the the bow shoots this has nothing to do with with my skill as an archer but i don't try to pick out the same bullseye uh, on the target too much because I always end up, you know, chipping a knock or, or shafting, uh, you know, the, the bolt. Um, they're just that accurate. The, these, these, Evo X bolts.
0: Nice. What type of rod do you
1: use? Um, VIP, the v- veteran Inno- innovative products. Um, mm-hmm. they have a, uh, uh, it's called a, um, combat veteran. And I shoot a hundred grain VIP combat veteran and, uh, it really did a nice job on the buck I shot this year. Um, I know some people uh, are either heavily into mechanical broadheads or heavily into fixed. And I think it's just the one that, that you have confidence in and, and you know, you, you shoot the best and I usually start shooting at the archery range in in April and May, and I, I shoot all, all, all year and try to get up to October. So uh, I'm pretty confident whenever I take the shot that, my broadhead's going to go where, where I'm aiming, you know?
0: Yeah, I got a muzzy broad head, So for me, I, it was cheaper this past because I, my second year out, I completely spaced out how to use a pro uh, proper after I, after I got my uh, first buck, which was two years after my miss the year after that, I thought I had it all settled up and then I completely spaced out how to read a scope and, I had lighted knocks, hybrid broadheads, the works, and lost them. Oh man! So I stuck with the cheap stuff, and
1: I've killed some pretty good ones with the cheap stuff. So, you, you, you know what? Uh, whenever, whenever you're uh, thinking about deer hunting, and it, it doesn't always have to be the most expensive thing on the shelf to get the job done. Um, I, I, I can't stress that enough that when people want to start hunting. And, and you're going out. You don't have to go out and spend a ton of money to be successful. You, yeah. you have to put the the time in at the range, and time in scouting, and and really, you know, be be a hunter. You you can't buy success. Uh, I, I know a lot of people want to go out there and buy this or buy that, and think they're going to shoot a 170 class deer, but that that's not how that works, you know. At least at least in my opinion. Um, yeah and I, i've I've killed a lot of deer with a bow with a variety of broadheads, and i and I've lost a couple of, of deer, and it was in, in no fault of a broadhead I, I I take full responsibility on on shot placement, you
0: know? Oh, I do too. I've had a bad shot on a little one. <laughs>
1: <laughs> but, but I will tell you that after, after I did lose a deer, I would change broadheads.
0: <laughs> right Well, the ones I'm using are tried and true right now and they do a pretty good job yeah, My, I, book, oh sorry
1: I, I was just going to say I'm, I'm real happy with these VIP ones and I, I think I'm going to be using them for a long time now just on the accuracy and uh, I, I really like how, how they're how they're made and the blood trail they put out and when you find something you like and you got good confidence with it I think you stick with it just like you're doing and until you don't have confidence in it anymore you know yeah, i'm
0: thinking about getting to a single bevel or a dirt nappers just to try them out but seeing them when i shot my deer he was at a slight angle and it was a both a double lung and when i hit him he did a 180 turn when it, with a meal kick so the entry wound was small but the exit wound on that one lung it literally just opened up and then went out to his belly i thought i'd hit a gut shot that's how far back down it went and missed every single thing. Wow. He traveled, I think, 20 yards back. The doe he was with came back looking for him. He crashed and she took off. Wow. So, yeah, that's a memorable experience. I'd love to just rant about that one. for you, You'll
1: you be able to tell that story and, until you're old and gray and, and then stole some, right?
0: Right, my wife will be annoyed that I have another dead deer
1: on the (laughs) wall. Oh, hunting stories are the best, man. That's that's when we can relive it, you know.
0: Yeah, I'm wanting to get into heavy, heavily get into fishing this year. This year,
1: I've I've done a little bit of fishing before my injury, and then a little bit after. And I, I, I'm not a huge fisherman, but I I can see how people like it.
0: Um, Now, uh, now, how did you uh, reel in your? Dish
1: that you' caught. I'm looking at a picture from your website I've, I've got a uh, universal cuff on my right hand and I went really low-tech Sean um, I cut off a piece of PVC pipe um, I think it was inch and a half PVC pipe and I zip tied that onto my universal cuff on my right hand and I slipped that onto the the crank um, just uh, of a uh, cheap, cheap uh, a reel, and I had a, a mount, a piece of pipe that I stuck uh, um, on, on my chair that held my held my um, fishing rod up in the air, and I just reeled as, as much as I could and and pulled back, and when it got you know pretty close to shore, I I just put my I turned my power wheelchair on and backed my chair up and kind of just drug it the rest of the five feet out of the water and. Uh, did my best because my my arm was about ready to fall off from from crank (laughs) and I I don't have a lot of strength in it so it was uh, it was an experience in itself
0: that is a big fish
1: man it 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 was I've 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 had you know really good luck where I fished in a couple of of good ponds and 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 been able to catch some nice fish and um, before my injury I went camping up up in Canada with my friend Dave and we went out bass fishing a lot, and I caught a really nice uh, musky on a uh, single hook, and that that was another good fishing memory for me. That I, I caught just a huge muskie, and it's on my wall too. So um, I, I wouldn't say I'm a huge fisherman, but I, I do enjoy it, and I like going out boating on on like pontoon boats and things now, and and uh, being with friends. That's that's always a good time. Oh yeah and i agree being with friends and hunting is one of the best experiences ever you you know it's 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 a family a family vacation a a time to get together some of my friends i don't see throughout the year but we plan hunting trips together you know and i can always count on them that hey if i need need to go out or i don't have anybody to take me or if i need a deer you know processed or, or something i can call them and uh, hunting friends are, are the best it's a it's a small community and I'm, I'm really thankful for the for the guys and girls that go out with me and help me
0: yeah I'm, I'm definitely thankful for that because I would have met some of the people that I've met especially since I decided to start a podcast I've just met so many people in the hunting community that are very supportive and will help you out at no moment's notice
1: and it, it's really amazing that you know, we're, we're all coming from different backgrounds. Uh, whether you grew up in a city, grew up in a country, you had a parent or or somebody that took you hunting, or you got into it later, at, or later in life, but we all have the same shared experience of enjoyment of of the trip, of you know, uh, stalking of the game, of of just enjoyment. It, it seems like when you start talking to somebody, it's like you've known them all your life because you're doing the same things, you know?
0: Oh, yes, I uh, interviewed one guy that he actually has a wife that she has no mobility in her left arm. And she has, he actually fa- fashioned her a setup where she can actually still use a bow.
1: Gotcha. Gotcha. Yeah. So that's kind of cool. There's a lot of people out there that are using mouth tabs or uh, you know a, a trigger release that's activated by their by their mouth and there, there's so many adapt adaptations out there. No matter what your injury or your disability or your circumstance, how, however you were born, there's a way to get you out there hunting. And the internet has been just such a boom for everyone. When I first started back hunting. This this goes back to 2000, there wasn't a lot of information out there. That, that's why I started Accessible Hunter, not to kind of say, hey, look at me and, and what I'm doing, but to provide information. And then I started talking with people from all over the country and all over the world that we're you know, doing the same things. We're you know, zip-tying things together and Velcro and things, and this is how we're doing it with success, and it just gets better every year. Yeah, these are the type of people I want to
0: just continually interview over on my podcast and get to know, talk with developers and, you know, equipment specialists and actually start and get the history of the entire thing.
1: There's always something new to learn. Um, just whenever you think you, you know everything, there's somebody that says, hey, do, do it this way. And it, it is so much better.
0: Oh, uh, yeah. Yeah, this is definitely something that I'm going to be doing more of. <laughs> uh, do you want to tell people where you,
1: where to find you? Sure. Um, I'm I'm on Instagram, uh, Facebook, uh, everywhere as Accessible Hunter. So if, if you Google Accessible Hunter, my links should come up. Um, I also I, I started the the blog, you know, in, in 2000, but I don't keep it up so much. It's accessiblehunter.blogspot.com. But the biggest place to find me is Facebook on Accessible Hunter.
0: Yeah. Well, uh, I'll be definitely sharing your stories when I learn Instagram's new stuff.
1: Well, I, I appreciate you reaching out to me and everything you're doing to get people motivated in the outdoors. And I enjoyed hearing your stories, too. I mean, it's always nice to, to talk with somebody with a lot of passion for hunting in the outdoors and it it was very nice of you to reach out to me and let me tell my story and hopefully encourage people that are maybe just starting out that uh have never hunted before that have a disability that maybe want to go back out hunting for the first time that it is possible and to reach out and ask for help and you know we can all we can all talk together and and figure out a way to get people out so I, i appreciate everything you're doing
0: I appreciate you coming on, and hopefully sometime in the near future, we can actually get together and hunt.
1: Absolutely. I would love that. And anytime you're you're coming through PA, uh, I'm, I'm right at the intersection of 70 and 79, so you're practically driving by my house.
0: All right. All right. Well, thank you for coming on, and I'll talk to you in the near future.
1: Sounds good. Have a good evening. Thanks. You too. Bye.